the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome on back to our itsy-bitsy, teensy-weensy Saturday evening program. Still capped at two hours. We hope to get that third hour back in December because, man, oh, man, with everything that's going on, we absolutely need it. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism. Always grateful to be here and so glad to have you along. Text messages already coming in for the show. Callers on the line. We love that. No guests tonight, just you and me at 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. And a lot of you know about my escapades this last week. I uh, at the As we were ending the show last week, I talked about it on the air, got a text messages. A text message to check my email. Did you get the email? No. I went and looked, and in spam was my invitation to Mar-a-Lago for the Trump announcement. That was phenomenal. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then while I was in um, Palm Beach, actually at my hotel, having a leisurely morning, getting ready to fly back to Charlotte. Charlotte is the hub for American Airlines to get down to Palm Beach, to get back to Denver, And it turns out to go to Austin, Texas, because while I'm sitting there in my robe, nice breakfast, still plenty of time, extended stay at, uh, you know, check out and figuring I've got two, two flights back and I, I sign on with the internet and can work while I'm on the plane and, you know, make good use of the time, but I love to fly. And all of a sudden a federal court order comes down. And, uh, we had been scheduled for a deposition in Austin, Texas. On Thursday of last week, this was Wednesday morning, but uh, another party had filed what's called a protective order. And the way it works, and, you know, I'm in my 25th year now of practicing law, and the way a protective order works is that if somebody files one, then typically there's a response and a reply and argument, uh, usually a hearing on the protected information, what's discoverable, what can be produced but not released or talked about until a judge looks at it. I mean, it's very, very complicated. So the deposition that was planned, I wasn't worried about anymore because this motion for a protective order had been filed by somebody else. So I went ahead and said, sure, I'll go to Palm Beach and attend the Mar-a-Lago 2024 Trump presidential announcement. And I'd just been there a month before, so it just seemed like an awfully cool thing to do. I'm sitting there, and this court order drops 18 pages. And instead of waiting for a response uh, from the other side or from us, my, my client was the one being deposed, instead of waiting for a response or uh, a response from the people who were seeking the protected information, the judge instead, and man, they must have had this thing in the bank. Because I think the the motion itself was filed on Monday afternoon, Monday evening. By Wednesday morning, this very detailed, law-laced, detailed 
uh, I mean, detailed instructions, what you can do, what you can't do. If you want to do this, you've got to do it this way. If you want to do that, you've got to do it that way. This order dropped. It, was, it took a while just to read it and absorb it. But the bottom line was deposition still on. So all of a sudden, Wednesday, instead of leisurely getting to my plane and heading to Charlotte and then heading to Denver, thank God I had the Charlotte flight because Charlotte from Palm Beach is the only way to get to Austin as well. So I went ahead, got on my Charlotte flight. Well, before I got there, I got on the phone and and started frantically looking around, literally got the last ticket, the last ticket on the flight that I could make once I got to Charlotte to get into Austin, Texas. And, uh, and, and that was all done at the gate in Charlotte because the, uh, the people on the phone didn't think it was possible. So I got there. I went straight to the gate. This guy just took great care of me, waited around a while, got into Austin, Texas about 8 o'clock. My client, who lives about 100 miles from there, drove up, stayed in a hotel. Our hotels were within walking distance of each other. The third lawyer came in, the, the lawyer for the entity that had filed the protective order. And we prepped, you know, into the night. And there were, I don't know, maybe a 1,000 pages or more of documents. And we'd already organized them. We, we knew this deposition was coming, but uh, we had to go through and figure out what was had to be turned over and, and what didn't and get it on a thumb drive and unbelievable. So the next morning, we drive downtown Austin, beautiful law firm, and uh, they gave us this corner conference room to hang out in between the sessions of the deposition. The deposition on Thursday lasted almost seven hours, the max, according to the federal rules of procedure, that a deposition can go, and it took them nine hours to do it. Now, there was some downtime in there, and especially because we had just dumped, you know, all these documents on them. They needed some time to go through them as well. And uh, so by the time we got out of there and got back to the hotel and had dinner and talked and debriefed, you know, it was almost midnight uh, before I even got back up to my room. And then I had a 7 o'clock flight out to get back to Denver on Friday morning. So it was quite a scramble there at the end. Um, but I made it back, went straight to the office from the airport, worked for a few hours trying to get organized. You know, it's a short week next week. And uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am to be home and be here to talk to each and every one of you. So much that's going on. Interesting, The um, Elon Musk at Twitter is putting on a poll. Elon Musk, let me see how many followers he's up to now. 117.1 million followers. So he put up a poll. I think it was a 48-hour poll. 35 minutes left. Reinstate former President Trump. And he tweeted earlier today that that poll is generating a million votes per hour uh, at its frenzied peak. It was doing a million votes per hour. It's up to 14,860,338 votes left. If you're on Twitter, man, get there. If you're following me, go to my page because it's pinned at the top and vote to reinstate former President Trump. With 34 minutes left, Trump is in the lead 3.6%. And I didn't break down those numbers, but uh, he's got 518 the nose on reinstating President Trump, 48.2%, so a 3.6% lead, 34 minutes left. 
at a million votes an hour, there's still time for Democrats and bots to uh, turn flip that yes into a no. So if you've got access to Twitter, go use it. This is pretty fun. And I love the fact that by, what time is it, 5.13? So by our final break, our final segment of this hour, we will have the results of the Elon Musk poll. Now, Musk did not say that based on the results of that poll, he's gonna whether he's going to reinstate Trump or not. And I had people on my own Twitter challenge, you know, why should we even vote in this poll? This is about free speech. And, you know, I get that. Um, and, and the Constitution comes up. We have constitutional protections. People have to remember the Constitution protects your free speech from government interference, not from the dictates of the owner of a private company, but from a pure logical perspective. With all the people that Elon Musk has already let back on Twitter, Babylon B and, and others, um, how, how could you justify having the dictator of Iran still posting freely on Twitter has never been taken down, has never been cut out, and President Donald J. Trump has been cut out of Twitter for a couple of years. That part from my sort of assessment or my thinking about Elon Musk, I just don't understand. This ought to be a no-brainer. He's now an announced presidential candidate. He had, I think, 77, 80 million followers. And um, there's just really no excuse for him not to be on Twitter. He may not even use it. He's got his own truth social now. But I, I just think it's fascinating watching this thing go down. And with 32 minutes left, Trump is up 3.6% with 14,860,000 votes. We will keep you posted at the end of the hour. Well, we've got some time. Why don't we go ahead and grab our first phone calls of the day? We'll start here with Chuck in Tulsa, our old friend Chuck. Welcome. Oh, my board is uh, is down here. Can you pull up Chuck and see if I can hear him? Chuck, are you there? Yeah. Okay, doing, good. Randy? So, Lewis, you're going to have to pull the calls, it looks like, until we figure out, because this board is black in here. Good to hear from you, Chuck. Are you on a speakerphone? You sound like you're in a tunnel. Yeah, I have to. Um, hang on a second. Let me uh, let me take that off. Um, okay, is that better? Uh, great, much better. Okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about Arizona. Uh, I think anybody who thinks it's all about just the vote, um, I think – how can I say it? It's like 2020, like in a in a different version. You know what I'm saying? Um, to me, like a couple nights ago, they, you still had some votes coming in, like from somewhere, or whatever. It's, I, I think it's something that uh, needs to be um, objected to. I think it's something that needs to be investigated. I can't see. You're talking about followers. Katie Hobbs had something like about 8,000 uh, followers, I think, on Twitter and. Um, Terry Lake had like a half million and somebody who never campaigned. Um, you know, it's just, it, it blows my mind. Kind of reminds you of, kind of reminds you of basement Joe Biden, doesn't it? <laughs> never yeah, campaigned and, at all. You, gets 81 million votes. Donald Trump gets more votes than any Republican president in history and, uh, and loses by, you know, 22,000 in just the right places around the country. That never has made sense. You know, uh, Hannity said he was talking to uh, Newt Gingrich, and he said, uh, you know, looking at that, he says he really has to go back and think about some of the things that have happened, like, in the past, and think, like, about um, 
Well, we'd be in a different place now if we had uh, looked at some things uh, closer, like uh, years ago. And I thought I thought that's that's a pretty good uh, pretty good statement for him. Well, I do agree, and I've got some great statistics and and comments and numbers to share with everybody on the show tonight. While you're on the phone, though, Chuck, since you brought up Arizona, I wasn't going to go to this yet, but um, uh, I want everybody to have their pens and pencils. I'll repeat this um, this website again throughout the show, and I've talked about it before. It's whoscounting.us, whoscounting.us, Cleta Mitchell, um, the sort of the um, – she runs these weekly election integrity national calls that I am fortunate enough to be a part of that have done just tremendous work around the country. But at the website right now, if you go to the Maricopa tab, they've got um, clips. They've got the report on Maricopa as it continues to emerge and they also have video of actual poll workers and poll judges who were testifying to Bill Gates and the other, you know, board of electioneers there in Arizona. And let me just play you the first one. This is probably the least exciting. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six of these that I'm going to play over the next two hours. Um, but these just get better and better and better. Here's what the people who are on the ground are reporting as they try and uh, get someone to look into this election. And then I'll tell you what I, the things I know about that are actually going on to challenge that election in Arizona. Uh, my name is Sarah O'Neill. I've been an Arizona resident for the past three years. Um, I was a poll watcher for both the primaries, uh, primaries and the midterms. Um, and I wanted to relay my observations with no uh, commentary or accusation. Um, uh, the door number three debacle. Uh, when I checked in, I was the e afternoon and evening and closing uh, poll watcher. Um, I did confirm that our uh, tabulators were cleared. Uh, they were all zeros. But I also did confirm that there was no instruction for inspecting to ensure the uh, door three or the slot three was empty. So no one and not a poll worker, not a poll watcher uh, inspected to make sure it was empty. And the reason that's a point is at the end of the day, we were asked to report the number of voters checked in, the number of ballots that we're transporting, and of those number of ballots, how many were door number three. We had 1,218 ballots. We had only 1,018 voters that checked in. So, and we had of those 1,218 ballots, 406 were door number three. Our rejection rate, um, which I confirmed with my Democrat poll watcher counterpart, I thought it was maybe 75% at least. He said, oh, no, it's at least 90% rejection rate. The 17,000 number that has been uh, publicized as door number three ballots is far understated. We were there. We were there. Um, the discrepancy and the number of physical ballots that I had, uh, they came from somewhere. We had physically had them. They were not voters that walked in and checked in. We had 200 more ballots than voters that checked in. And I, I just want that to be on the record. I'll just tell you that out of the seven clips that uh, Lewis was kind enough to put together for me tonight, that is that is the hardest one to follow along, but the conclusion there is that they had more ballots in the boxes. People were not paying attention to the infamous box or door three, and they had more ballots than they had voters who actually checked in. Just one person's small example. But what's happening? You know, Harmeet Dillon, the, the just remarkable, uh, tremendously successful civil rights attorney from California, 
who also happens to be the RNC committee woman, my colleague on the Republican National Committee, uh, is on the ground in Arizona with Carrie Lake. The RNC has sent a team of lawyers. Carrie Lake has uh, grown a team of lawyers. If you go to Carrie Lake's uh, Twitter feed right now, she's putting up story after story after story, including people who are reporting that, uh, you know how in Colorado here we get a, a in Rappo County, they send me a text when my vote arrives at the center, and then they send me a text when my vote has been counted. And people are reporting, uh, my husband's vote was never counted. My vote was never counted. And I just go back to the story, I think it was in Georgia. Uh, I should have looked up the state beforehand. Um, and I'm, I'm damn sure these were uh, Dominion voting machines, but electronic voting tabulators where the third place candidate in a primary, just a small, you know, little primary for a state office, um, checked her own precinct and discovered that the machines had not counted any votes for her in her own precinct. Well, she knew that she and her husband at least had voted for her in her precinct. So she demanded a recount. And after the recount, the third place person, her, who was completely off the ballot, became the first place winner. And the first place winner before the recount was knocked completely out of the ballot. Those kinds of anecdotal stories are legion now, and nobody wants to pay any attention to them, Chuck. Oh, I know. And then you have the uh, the morning hosts that are still saying, like, about there's absolutely no, you know, no way that, or no proof of any kind of fraud or anything else. I think this time it, it's so obvious. I mean, it's it's taken, like, right out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Arizona is a microcosm of what happened in in these battleground states and certain districts in 2020. And uh, and we're going to continue to get to the bottom of it. They can continue to try and shut us up and shame us and and refuse to actually engage in debate with people like, oh, I don't know, me who are involved at a litigation level, at a political level. Um, Just have my hands in so many of these different uh, sort of scenarios where we're learning more and more every single day, uh, but it's it's not going to stop us. Well, I sure really hope it doesn't. Uh, yeah. You're the uh, you're the, <clears throat> the uh, war room uh, war room Denver. <laughs> well, don't forget about my good buddy Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio. I love the fact I love doing this Saturday. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, I love doing the Saturday nights now because I I need my Saturdays with my grandson and and all the different things that we're doing. Um, but I also just love having the day and then coming here in the evening and knowing that, um, that Matt Dunn and backbone radio, the classic, the historic will be, um, wrapping up the weekend. I think it's, uh, it at least gives us an opportunity to put, push some pressure back on the day to day mantras that appear here and elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, Randy, we sure do appreciate you. That's for sure. All right, Chuck. Well, thank you so much for kicking us off tonight. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. We better take our first break. When we come back, we've got I've got some classic, you know, for election deniers, people who are shouting out about election fraud. Wait till you hear what Barack Hussein Obama had to say in 2008. We'll play that for you next when we return here on 710 KNUS. Back here at 530 with Randy Corcoran. Great to have you here. Our phone number 
1971. Let's see if we can check in on the Elon Musk Twitter poll. 17 minutes to go. Almost 15 million votes. Donald Trump still maintains his lead on the question whether to reinstate former President Trump by 3.6%. So let's do some easy mouth here. For If we round that up to 4%, 15 million, that's almost 600,000 votes. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good number. And uh, apparently my mentioning, get on Twitter and go vote for, uh, for your president, if, they, if you are so inclined, is having an impact because I just... Uh, Flipped over to my own Twitter feed, and several people said, thank you for the reminder, I voted, blah, blah, blah. And I got some follows, including a follow from this guy, F. Elon Musk. And he doesn't, uh, he doesn't just put in the F. Spells it out, no funny little symbols. F. Elon Musk followed me. So I, I opened up his profile. Um, his name is at Elon Musk Idiot, and he has zero followers. So that is probably a, a robot. And I'm just beginning to learn about how these bots and everything work on Twitter. And I had tweeted to Elon Musk earlier, how will you tell between legitimate voters and Democrat bots trying to influence your poll? Very, very good question. Text messages are pouring in here, and I appreciate that. This one uh, I think we'll edit a bit. Careful, Randy. Talk like that. We'll have the morning folks who also bring on Dick Wadhams to continue to say you're the reason for the implosion of the Republican Party as well as being an election denier. So let's just talk about that for a second. I will play you the Obama uh, clip that's going to uh, – <laughs> it's hilarious for the folks who say we're just so awful to continue to question the election results. But uh, I've gotten a lot of um, information or uh, you know, emails, text messages, people saying that uh, they saw Dick Wadhams at different – Appearances And Dick Wadhams will be the speaker at the Arapahoe County Republican Breakfast. So I may try and uh, make room in my schedule to go over for that in December. Uh, but apparently what he is saying is that it's still the Trump factor. It's still the election deniers. Um, Republicans are, you know, are so far gone. in. this is a per terrible paraphrase because I just haven't heard him say it. But based on what I've been uh, what's been reported to me. That uh, we're so far gone now in Colorado, we may never be able to come back, but that we're never, ever going to be able to get some of those people who might help us elect a few of those Republicans here in the state of Colorado unless and until we distance ourselves from Donald Trump and the, quote, election-denying conspiracy, close quote. And all I can say, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but... All of the George W. Bush, Karl Rove, Mitch McConnell, Dick Wadhams candidates made it onto the ballot in Colorado, at least at the top of the ticket. I Maybe you can't throw Heidi Ganahl in there. But Joe Day was certainly, uh, Mitch McConnell specifically said he's exactly the kind of candidate who can win in Colorado. He got beat by almost 15%. And he ran a campaign. I mean, he stayed true to... His own beliefs and thoughts, I think. He was. Uh, he seemed genuine. I, when I was with him personally, I liked him a lot. I admire and respect what he's accomplished in his life. Almost 15%. Uh, Pam Anderson uh, lost by 
Heidi Ganahl, 19%. Holy smoke. And uh, that's almost 500,000 votes. But you had Jared Polis's 20 plus million dollars ready to go. Ready to go. And we had Republicans, our very own, challenging her choice of running mate because Danny had talked about, you know, the challenge to elections. He was an election denier. And, uh, uh, and people, you know, money did not come in to help her. It's so funny to me. And I, uh, by the way, thanks always to Mike Boyle. He, we've gotten in the habit now of me going on his show a little bit and we talk about stuff. I had a personal family story involving my son and Frank Bonanno, the, the tremendous restaurateur who owns Mizuna downtown and a bunch of other great restaurants in Denver. And uh, so we got to talk a little bit about that personal story. But I told him, uh, and Mike's position was that Trump ought to ride, you know, be grateful for all the great things he did. He ought to ride off into the sunset. I don't agree with that. But I told him that uh, Trump's record in the 2022 election was pretty good. And I tossed the number out. I didn't have it in front of me. I was like, I, th- I thought it was like 190 to 30 something in the primary races and the general election. This is from Ballotpedia. The Donald Trump endorsed candidates won 159 to 28, 159 to 28. That includes candidates in Long Island, New York. Do, do you know that all four of the Long Island, New York, U.S. House, House seats flipped to red. Some of those were blue seats that had been held for 25 years or more. Now, give a lot of credit to Lee Zeldin, man, for the governor's candidate, uh, the governor campaign that he ran there. He brought many of those races across the finish line and won in vast majority areas of New York state. But of course he could not overcome the idiotic Democrat vote right there in New York city, just like um, uh, our candidates would be very hard pressed to overcome Denver Boulder at this point, or even chip away at that uh, desirable 30%. Another thing to remember is that Democrats outspent us as much as two to one or more in some of these key Senate races. In fact, if you add them all together, some of the battleground Senate races, Georgia, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, uh, the Democrats spent three, almost $360 million to the Republicans, 195. And remember, Mitch McConnell pulled his support from candidates in Pennsylvania, candidates in Arizona, the people who he knew would come to the Senate and not support his continued tenure as the Senate now, thanks to him, minority leader. See, Donald Trump gets the blame for all of the losses and gets no credit at all for the tremendous victories. In Georgia, Herschel Walker outspent $76 million to $32 million. Where was Mitch McConnell? In New Hampshire, that U.S. Senate candidate outspent $26 million to, wait for it, $2 million. You can't compete in these, you know, especially in these cities where the majority of the votes come in and come in as Democrat if you're not even close to an equal pay, uh, playing field. In Pennsylvania, Oz was outspent by the walking zombie, outspent by the walking zombie, $52 million to $38 million. 
So there's a lesson to take. We got to do better. We got to find better billionaires. We've got to raise more money. We've got to get more of these uh, behind the scenes organizations that the Democrats perfected with the blueprint here in Colorado. If we want to start having a chance in these significant national races. But remember this as well, and I should have written this number down and I didn't, but uh, and I'll, you know what, I'll get this before the end of, uh, but when we come out of the next break, the map for the United States Senate was a horrific map this year for Republicans. In 2024, it flips from memory, and I'll verify these numbers on the other side of the break. From memory, Republicans are defending only, in fact, I know these numbers are right. Republicans are defending only 10 seats in 2024. They were defending 21 or 22 this election. In 2024, that flips. The Democrats were defending, I think, 13, 12, something like that. And these are the numbers I'll verify. And the Republicans, uh, oh, and in 2024, they will be defending 24 seats. So it's a horrific map for Democrats in 24 Worse, in fact, than the map was for Republican U.S. Senate candidates here in 2022. Before we run out of time in this segment, uh, 303-696-1971 is our number. But I promised you to play this 20, uh, this 2000, this is Barack Hussein Obama on election, shh, don't say it, election machines on the campaign trail back in two. 2008. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Huh. You can't say that. You can't say it. Um, but, but look, I come from Chicago, so, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power... They're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. Huh. Gee. No kidding. Isn't that something? Just listen to the first few seconds again. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. He wasn't joking. Text message, evening, Randy, we need a state electoral college instead of a straight popular vote. Never happened, but we could win that way. Yeah, I hear you. Electoral college is a great equalizer. Uh, just think how angry rural Republicans, farmers, uh, just on the western slope and in eastern Colorado, that Denver and Boulder dominate their uh, election results every single time. Newt Gingrich reported, and I think the number, he was estimating five or six million. I think the number came in now just under five million that the Republicans uh, in the popular vote in U.S. House races, Republicans got 4.6 or 4.8 million more votes than the Democrats did. But, of course, you know, in individual House races, that's kind of like a mini electoral college, isn't it? Because different people have different needs in their communities, and so they choose their candidates accordingly. It's very, very fascinating. Before we go to break, I'll close with this great text. Randy, if Hakeem Jeffries is voted... As Democrat leader in the House, can we call him election denier, Democrat leader? He was all in on the 2016 Russia hoax. And it's just so funny because um, 
the RNC has a Twitter page. It's called RNC Research. And their pinned tweet, and it's been up there for a couple days now, is entitled, Meet Election Denier Hakeem Jeffries, the new leader of the House Democrats. That's who seems to be the front runner now that uh, crazy, fading Nancy Pelosi uh, has finally gotten on her broom and flown away. And here's what Hakeem Jeffries said about the 2016 election. Let's be clear, Donald. The only person trying to steal the election is you and your buddies in the Kremlin. That was August 8th. Oh, that was August 8th, 2020. This is, this is way after the 2016. The dates are really small there. He also said, keep pouting. History will never accept you as a legitimate president. That was November 24 of 2020. Hakeem Jeffries, again, the more we learn about 2016 election, the more illegitimate in big capitalized letters, illegitimate it becomes. America deserves to know whether we have a fake present president in the Oval Office. Hashtag Russian interference. And then the last one, lie more than any administration in the history of the republic. Cheat. 2016 election Russian interference. Of course, that's all been debunked after full Department of Justice and Democrat investigations. Steal one or two Supreme Court seats. When will Republicans put party, put country ahead of party? Hashtag clean up corruption. That was Hakeem Jeffries, September of 2018. And yet all of our Republican know-it-alls just tell us, no, shh. You can't talk about those things. It'll it'll make it impossible to win elections. Boy, doesn't seem to hurt the Democrats very much, does it? All right, I know we're late on the break, so let's get to that at 543. Randy Corcoran, phone number here, 303-696-1971. We'll be right back. I've got more of that audio straight out of Maricopa County when we return on 710-KNUS. All right, we're going to run out of time if we let that air out too far, but... Uh, Welcome back. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. And you know, people are like, wake up. Wait a minute. It's a night show. Listen, this is not about what time you listen to the show. This is the wake-up call for all of the old guard, long-term consultants and people who continue to give us a one-sided narrative, a one-sided story, time after time after time. They tell us what we have to do. and uh, And then if we do it, and it doesn't work out, then it's our fault that it didn't work out. But the next time, we're supposed to listen to them and listen to them carefully because we know that they'll get it right this time. And uh, and I just won't do that. I want you to wake up. I want you to look around and see what's actually going on. Get outside of the news, the regular daily news sources that just tell you the same garbage over and over again. And figure it out for yourself. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Georgia. The Democrats have put all hands on deck. I know Republicans are trying to do the same. We cannot compete with them financially. Will Donald Trump get involved in that race? If uh, Herschel wins, it'll be in spite of Donald Trump. If he loses, it will be because of Donald Trump. Mark my words. No doubt about it. Um, yeah. So that's where Wake Up comes from, and that's why we didn't give it away. I mean, it, that show is named... When I was doing a daily morning show at another station, but my wife and I actually talked about that and said, you know, this is about pay attention, 
get out of the mainstream news business and see what's really going on around you. And so I like it. I think it sticks. Um, two things, and then we'll get to the results of the reinstate former President Elon Musk poll on Twitter. But I played this a couple times in the last segment. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Interestingly enough, the the entity that dug that up off of uh, C-SPAN, actually, that's a C-SPAN archive, is an, a Twitter group called Citizen Free Press. And uh, it's a group that gets more page views than Politico and does just tremendous work. So Obama, that clip of Obama is put up by Citizen Free Press. I guess they were temporarily suspended. They're back now. But that audio has a misleading tag from Twitter. Learn why election experts say election technology in the U.S. is safe and secure. This tweet can't be replied to, shared, or liked. But you could retweet it, and that's what I did, and that's where we got the copy from. But so, you know, with all of the purging, and I love the purging that's going on at Twitter, uh, there's still a whole bunch of the wrong people in charge there, clearly. Uh, obviously, it's going to take some time. So I, w- I should have had you pull up a drum roll, uh, drum roll, Lewis, because uh, this is pretty amazing. I believe this was a 48-hour poll. might have been 72 hours. I think it was maybe 48. In any event, 15,085,458 votes. Final results at 5.47 p.m. tonight, right here live on 710 KNUS. Reinstate former President Trump. No, 48.2%. Yes, 51.8%. So about 8 million of the 15 million votes said yes. And of course, isn't it a no-brainer? How in the world could you be a free speech platform and not have a former president, now, now presidential candidate, back on your platform? Do you remember what he was taken down for? It was for commenting after January 6th. I wish I had those tweets up in front of me, but I don't because they were they were very non-controversial in my mind. But they were just waiting, waiting to uh, find a reason. The criminals who used to work, alleged criminals, I, I've learned that from you know my defama- defamation experience. The alleged criminals who are behind the scenes at Twitter censoring people, many of them now out the door, were just looking for an excuse. Interesting stuff from the Cary Lake War Room. The polls closed 240 hours ago in Maricopa County, and yet less than a day ago, Maricopa County released another 2,700 ballots will drop tonight. It's sick. It's absolutely ridiculous. And when we play, in fact, we'll do one or two of them now. We've got enough time, I think. More of these clips from Maricopa. One of these Maricopa poll watchers or uh, polling judges uh, all kinds of workers were speaking at this event, uh, brought up the fact that Bill Gates, the Maricopa County elections chief, and others of his ilk formed and supported an anti-conservative political action committee. And these are the people in charge of the election. I guess before we play any of the clips, though, 
Um, I got to remind you about my friends at Cenogenics. I don't know how I would have gotten through the last week with uh, without their help and the support. And I was talking to my doctor. I was around people. I had a, a cold or a flu bug or something. And, you know, what do I take? What do I need? And I got an antibiotic prescription while I was in Palm Beach, just snap of a finger. Um, really appreciative of my friends there at Cenogenics because, man, the holidays are here. And we're all going to be out in the cold and back in the heat and getting stuff and, and trying to slough stuff off. And the best way to feel better and change your waist size, get back in shape, is to call my friends at Cenogenics. You may be tempted to wait. We all are now. Well, after the new year, I'm going to enjoy the holidays. After the new year, you may want to wait to make healthy choices until after your New Year's resolutions. And I just say, don't wait. The team at Cenogenics approaches healthcare so differently. They attack uh, aging from a research-based methodology. They're so focused on disease prevention. And whether you want to lose weight, sleep better, increase your libido, boost your immune system for the flu season, Cenogenics can help with a program designed specifically for you. It's just you and your doctors to help you focus, become stronger, and feel in control of your life again. Don't suffer from lack of focus, poor sleep, low libido, unintentional weight gain, or especially this time of the year, the holidays, low energy. Don't suffer one more day. Call Cenogenics to schedule your consultation. Their phone number is 720-387-3681. Again, 720-387-3681. Michelle will answer the call. She was a lifesaver for me uh, during my week in Palm Springs and then Austin, Texas. Um, just love my friends there. Their website is denver.cenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. Topics for the second hour of the show. I want you to hear the rest of this Maricopa stuff. I think we've got time for, I can't read the clock, doggone it, but I think we've got time maybe for one clip. Um, and I also want to talk about Ronna McDaniel. Should she step down? She promised only two terms. What about Christy Burton Brown? People are asking about her. What are her plans? What do you think? Continuity or new blood? 303-696-1971. Here's Maricopa number two. My name is Betty Daly, and I was a poll worker also. I was a judge. I just came up to say that there were many problems with the tabulators and the way people were signed in on the computers. Um, the, if you, I just wanted to say, according to the 600-page manual, um, there were many election errors, anomalies, shenanigans. And if you just read the election book, if you just go through the pages, that this election needs to be nullified because of the problems. And it takes far less than what occurred at the election polls. So read the, read the manuals. That's all it takes. Yeah. And then I want to dig in in next hour to the story that should be the absolute story of the week on every news channel 24 hours a day. Given the work to date and Mr. Smith's prosecutorial experience, I am confident that this appointment will not slow the completion of these investigations. The men and women who are pursuing these investigations are conducting themselves in accordance with the highest standards of professionalism. I could not be prouder of them. I strongly believe that the normal processes of this department can handle all investigations with integrity. And I also believe that appointing a special counsel at this time is the right thing to do. The extraordinary circumstances presented here demand it. 
Mr. Smith is the right choice to complete these matters in an even-handed and urgent manner. And he's not... That was, of course, Merrick Garland, soon to be impeached, I hope. And uh, I'll tell you a little background on new special prosecutor Jack Smith in hour two of the show. Also got some uh, real powerful outspoken laying it on the line, laying out about what's to happen from Congressman Jim Jordan that I know you're not going to want to miss. So hour two is coming up. I'm Randy Corcoran. 303-696-1971 is the number. Anything on your mind, leadership, investigations, the Trump run, DeSantis, all of it is next. Stay with us here at 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.